Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Alexis Shepard. You guys may know me as the Afro Educator. For the next few weeks, I'm going to be taking over for Amber, and I am excited to empower you to teach and live authentically. Here on the Burned In Teacher Podcast, we're still going to be keeping it real with conversations that inspire you to take actionable steps today so that you can grow through your burnout and teach and live with joy. Ready to take your next step? Let's get started. What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode two of the Stand with Educators Takeover. I'm Alexis Shepard, also known as the Afro Educator, and I'm back with more conversations to empower you towards better for yourself and your burnout. If you missed last week's episode, I definitely recommend you check it out. It was the first official episode of my takeover and our Stand With Educators series. And I talked about how we can take steps towards systemic change for the teaching profession. Change for any system begins with the commitment of individuals to doing the work. And our work as teachers is to challenge ourselves to break down the barriers we build around ourselves when we subscribe to harmful narratives that normalize overwork and martyrdom. This week in our series, we're going to talk about something that I believe is going to resonate with a lot of listeners, and that is the teacher-administrator relationship. When we think about the teacher shortage crisis, we generally attribute the mass exodus to teaching itself, and we break it down by the expectations, the testing, the long hours, the lack of respect from parents and students, the leadership. All of those are very real problems, and I think we all know that all of those issues could each have their own dedicated podcast episode. But in this episode, I want to explore the importance of exercising our agency when it comes to our relationships and our perceptions of school administrators. Let me be very clear here and (laughs) give this disclaimer. Administrators are the bridge between expectation and action. Their role is critical in facilitating the work we do as teachers. We need good administrators. We need leaders who will motivate without using fear to manipulate. We need leaders who have open doors, open ears, and a wide lens with which they view their roles. Though I can't speak on behalf of all teachers, I do think that people would echo my sentiments when I say that most of us at some point or other have viewed our administrators as more of authority figures who make sweeping decrees that we just have to carry out. In my experience, most of us have this inferiority complex where we believe that we are our administrator's subordinate. We have to do what you say no matter what, you know, or else. We wouldn't dare dream of asking why or better yet, challenging some of those expectations and offering alternatives or solutions to scenarios that may not be in the best interest of teachers or students. 
Before we get started, I think it's important to establish the basis for this conversation and the four root causes that I believe contribute to the current status of many teacher-admin relationships. One, the narrative around teaching, specifically as it concerns the way that we and society in general view the status of teachers. Two, the narrative that is facilitated around administrators and the expectations of admin versus the reality. Three, the power of privilege. And four, the space between the top and the trenches, or the space between most administrators and the classroom experience. Now, some of you may be thinking, but I don't necessarily need to talk to my administrator to make choices that affect change. And that's true. We can advocate in ways that don't require a direct interaction. We can subvert the system and make choices that reflect our beliefs. Quiet advocacy is important. But imagine how much greater your advocacy for the profession and for yourself grow when you're able to also affect change by engaging your school leaders. Agency cannot start and stop with us. We have to carry it further. But let's admit this is hard. In the last episode, episode 109, I actually talked about toxic teacher narratives and how our complicity in accepting those stories contributes to our burnout. In this episode, I want to explore how those narratives also contribute to the stories we construct around the teacher-admin relationship. Ultimately, my hope is that you will feel empowered and emboldened to reimagine how you perceive and approach your administrators. So most people, even outside of teaching, work within structures that function via antiquated ideals. We believe that people with seemingly superior titles are entitled to a blind deference. We immediately place ourselves on a lower rung and with that comes a mentality. And that mentality is that whatever my boss or supervisor says, I just have to find a way to get it done. We don't dare question or challenge our administrators. You see, administrators have the privilege of power. It places them in a position to make or break school cultures that either retain teachers or run them off. Their power also is what leads to expectations of that blind loyalty that I was talking about earlier without accountability or reciprocity. Some administrators, y'all, truly believe that because they are the leader, they can do what they want, say what they want, and behave with impunity. Privilege, I find, is often a catalyst for less than desirable behaviors from school leaders. I also find that that privilege is often unrecognized. So bad behavior is perpetuated because of the unawareness of how privilege impacts leadership. And teachers, also being unaware and afraid of how to check that privilege, shrink to the shadows or to a teacher friend's room across the hall to lament about problems and our leaders instead. It's easy, maybe even expected, for teachers to play small when it comes to our relationships with our admin. For all that we do and all of the importance of our work, 
we are quick to submit when a person in power says so. But this way of being, this perception, isn't all our fault. Remember, our beliefs are constructed from our environment and from our contexts, from our observations of supervisory relationships in real life and in media. Couple that with the toxic teaching narratives I mentioned last episode, and it's no surprise that we give into these inferiority complexes. Many of us genuinely believe that we don't have the right to question or challenge our administrators. And those of us who believe that we can don't often take advantage of that capacity because we aren't sure how to address someone with a higher ranking title in a way that is respectful yet assertive. We let our nerves, our anxiety, and those ever-present narratives inhibit us from advocacy. You know, when I was 16, I got my first part-time job in a local mom and pop bookstore. There was this manager there who I always felt just didn't like me. She was this older woman who always seemed to have something negative to say about most things, including my performance. And they were never straight up disrespectful comments. They were, as the kids would say, shady, kind of under the table comments. One day I told my mom about this manager And she advised me to assert myself and express that she'd made me uncomfortable with some of her actions. While I understood my mom's intentions, I was like, I'm only 16, she's older than me, and she's a manager. There's no way I can address my concerns to her without looking foolish. Those were my thoughts, and ultimately, I never did address her. I simply carried on in silence and I tolerated this woman's piercing stares and negative remarks. Some months after I first told my mom about this issue, she shared this piece of advice with me that even now I find rings true. Mom told me, you will continue to find that these kinds of people, just like the manager at the bookstore, will show up in your life until you learn to assert yourself, until you learn to stand up for yourself and your needs. Years later, after many more encounters with similar people, I found that she was right. I ran into a similar scenario at my next part-time job years later in college, and I experienced the same feelings of inferiority and helplessness at my first two schools with my principals. Though none of the supervisors after the bookstore manager were near as negative, I felt helpless to advocate for myself because I was just a teacher. And if I wasn't just a teacher, I always found excuses for why I couldn't exercise my agency. I'm too young or I'm too experienced or they'll think I'm a squeaky wheel were all things I would tell myself to justify my inability to stand for myself. It wasn't until my current school with my current administrator that I finally experienced the growth that my mom was talking about all those years ago. It wasn't until my current school that I found I had the courage to stand and advocate for something that I needed. And it all started because I believed in a cause so much. I was so passionate about something that it overpowered the fear that held me back for so long. Last school year, 
so 2019, 2020, I was desperate to begin affecting change. I had been doing Afro-educator stuff for just about a year, and I was a longtime follower of Happy Teacher Revolution. I really believed in what the organization was doing to impact teachers all over the world. So when an opportunity to join a Happy Teacher Revolution certification cohort came about, I knew that I had to try and ask my principal for the funds to do it. I gathered as much data as I could about Happy Teacher Revolution from Dana Thomas, who is the founder and also happens to be a friend of mine. And I placed it all in a folder. I also took the time to write all of my thoughts and feelings down about Happy Teacher Revolution and why I felt this would not only benefit me, but would also benefit the entire staff in a letter format. And I ended up sending that letter to my principal to request a meeting with him. And once he read my email and accepted the meeting, I was nervous to advocate for this thing that I wanted. And I felt like, who am I to ask this of my principal? But again, this was something that I really wanted. And I found that writing down my feelings and having almost a script to follow helped me feel more confident in the points that I wanted to outline and in the request that I wanted to ask for. I also found that I gained a lot of confidence from the fact that I knew that though I was doing this because it was something that I wanted, that it would end up benefiting much more than just me. All in all, it went smoothly, and I'm happy to say that in February of 2020, I became the first certified Happy Teacher Revolutionary in my state. But that was only the beginning. Since then, I've spoken to my principal on a number of occasions about the needs of our staff, about creating a culture of wellness in our school, and the ways that I believe we could work together to boost staff morale by creating long-term changes that put action behind the support that's usually just lip service. I've even written letters to my principal detailing my concerns about racial equity and inclusion within our school. I've been able to shift the principal paradigm to view my administrator as someone who facilitates rather than dictates my work. This helps me find the courage to exercise the agency that has been buried underneath the dangerous myths that render teachers helpless and hopeless. So let's talk about this shift and how you can be empowered to find and use your agency to reimagine the principal paradigm. One. Consider your administrator's level of experience in terms of total years and classroom years. Most of the time, principals either taught a short time or are years removed from the classroom. Let this empower you to view your administrator as a colleague rather than an authority. While your roles may be a little different, ultimately you and your administrator have the same goal in mind and you're there for the same purpose. So rather than a vertical hierarchy, take the perspective of looking at you and your administrator as a lateral team with different functions intended to accomplish the same goal, which is helping students maximize their potential and supporting your growth as an educator. The next way that you can affect positive change to the principal paradigm is by putting pen to paper. Write or type your concerns and feelings before you ask for the meeting. 
I find that writing or jotting down my concerns helps me create a coherent message that has a clear purpose and clear requests and solutions. This also helps me frame my emails because it's kind of like a script once I'm ready to request a conference with an administrator. I do this every single time I want to have a conversation with the school leader and it plays a huge role in removing the nerves I have about the conversation because I know that I have a clear message that includes a call to action, which leads me to my next point. Always address your concerns with proposed solutions or constructive strategies for improvement. Leaders are much more willing to listen and hear if your concerns are followed by premeditated, thoughtful ideas. The ideas don't have to be perfect, but they should be realistic. And if you can, indicate how your proposed solutions could benefit more staff than just you. Show your admin how addressing your concerns could impact more teachers. Keep in mind that your principal or your admin is there to be a facilitator regardless of how he or she perceives and handles that role. So their essential function is streamlining processes and supporting your professional growth. Our administrators are supposed to help us do more of what we love, which is teach. It's important to remember though, that your principal or admin is likely operating within the status quo because traditional systems seemingly offer no alternatives. Ever since schools in America adopted that industrial model of schooling where, you know, it's about churning out, you know, factory workers, um, teachers, students, and admin are more like cogs in a machine than this living, breathing, working team. When we consider administrators who have little classroom experience and or those who've been out of the classroom for a while, The expectations from the district and state level leave little to the imagination in terms of innovation and in terms of streamlining and in terms of facilitating. It's easy to forget about compassion and empathy from an admin perspective when you have a hundred things you're expected to do and, you know, a billion outcomes to produce. This is where that agency, that individual agency becomes collective agency. When each of us chooses to push back against the norm, we create micro changes that together have macro impacts. Now, at this point, you may be thinking, yeah, but my principal won't listen to me or none of this would ever work with the admin at my school. And I get it. Why suffer the disappointment and frustration when change isn't gonna happen anyway? And why do we have to be the ones to push back when we as teachers are also shouldering everything else in the school environment? My answers to these questions are incomplete, but here's what I can offer. Change in this country has always been instigated by the communities who are most affected by the inequities of the current systems. It's not fair, but it's what we have and our choices are to learn to operate within the system to create the change we need, or to settle and wait for change from people who are least impacted by the stagnation of status quo. We have a responsibility to teach people how to treat us, and that includes our admin. When we exercise our agency with school leaders, 
we establish boundaries and expectations that have the potential to make them think about their own leadership. Even in rejection, our advocacy is a means of holding ourselves and our administrators accountable for creating working relationships based on the desire to work with rather than working for or working over. We do that by reframing our beliefs about ourselves, recognizing that we are colleagues and not subordinate, and continuing to challenge our administrators to reconnect to the trenches. Contrary to popular belief, it is not solely up to us to just figure it out. And we can't continue to enable mistreatment by going along with the status quo. We must hold our administrators accountable for facilitating our work. That means that our school leaders have to model their expectations and or be open to different perspectives of how to achieve certain goals and outcomes. Friends, we teach people how to treat us. When we allow expectations to be thrust on us and when we make it work no matter what, when we acquiesce without any accountability for the leaders who are passing down these expectations, we become complicit in our plight. We must resist the current admin teacher narrative and write a new one. One that includes our voices and closes the space between the top and the trenches. Take a deep breath, friends. Be empowered and burn on. Hey y'all, Alexis here. If you like what you hear and you wanna see more of my take on systemic changes for schools and be empowered to teach more authentically, you can find me on Instagram at The Afro Educator. You can also visit theafroeducator.com and be the first to join my email list. I'm working on some exciting new things for teachers and I would love for you to be a part of my community so you can be first to get updates. Until the next episode, take care.